guys. We're going to go ahead and get started. All right, guys. So one of the most tragic things, right, that we can do, especially as believers, is to settle for less than God's best for us. One of the most tragic things that we can do as believers is to settle for less than God's best for us. This is not only talking about relationships, but this is anything in life. You see, the enemy has many assignments against the life of a believer, but one of his most common attacks is to get a Christian to settle for a life that God did not create them to live. How many of you know that it's time out for wasting time doing things that God did not call us to do? It's time out for being places God did not call us to be. It's time out for being with people that God did not call us to be with. Yet I feel the fire of God already, but have a pen and a paper, have a pen and a piece of paper beside you guys, because we are doing a life-changing act at the end of this Bible study on tonight. So just go ahead and get you a pen and a piece of paper. It doesn't have to be anything major, but tonight we're going to do a life-changing act. And God had me to do this at the last minute. So I just wanted to let you guys know. So tonight's topic is breaking the spirit of settling. Breaking the spirit of settling. And tonight's focus scripture is Isaiah 55 and 2. Now, if someone is in a a place where they can take notes, if you don't mind, can I get you guys to be a note taker on Zoom? I need at least one note taker on Zoom and I need one note taker over on Facebook. You don't have to be, um, you know, whoever, if you're in a place where you know that you can take notes, if you can put the scriptures in there. What's up, Star? I see you. (laughs) Hey, welcome on. Thank you so much, Katie. Welcome on. But listen, the tonight's topic is breaking the spirit of settling. All right, guys. So I'm gonna need for y'all to stick with me on tonight. Hmm. So why do we need to break the spirit of settling? And is it even a spirit? Yes, it is. It is a spirit. How many of you know that everything is spiritual? Everything is spiritual. God is a spirit. We know that God has a spirit, which is the Holy Spirit of God, according to Genesis 1 and 2. God also has a body, which is Jesus Christ. And then the Holy Spirit called the spirit of Christ, according to Romans 8 and 9. So everything that God created is a spiritual being. But there are also unclean spirits. You have the Antichrist spirit. According to 1 John 4 and 3, that Antichrist spirit, 1 John 4 and 3 says this, every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is already in the world. So you have that spirit of antichrist that is running rapid. That's one of the spirits. And then you also have unclean spirits. According to Mark 5 and 2, you have unclean spirits. Mark 5 and 2 says when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. You got unclean spirits, right? 
And then you have spirits of the devil, according to Revelation 16, 13 through 14. You have spirits of the devil. Revelation 16, 13 through 14 says this. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of a dragon and out of the mouth of a beast, and out of the mouth of a false prophet. For they are spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to battle of that great day of the Almighty. So you uh, you got to understand, the Bible tells us to take heed to our spirit. You have to understand that everything is spiritual. The spirit of man or the spirit of us as human, our spirits can be faithful. This is all in the Bible. You can have a faithful spirit according to Proverbs 11 and 13. You can have a hasty spirit according to Proverbs 14 and 29. You can have a broken spirit. Katie, you don't even have to write all these scriptures down, but I just wanted to teach you guys that everything is spiritual. You can have a broken spirit according to Proverbs 15 and 13. You can have a humble spirit according to Proverbs 16 and 18. You can have a haughty spirit according to Proverbs 16 and 18. Again, you can have an overwhelmed spirit according to Psalm 72 and 3. You can have a stirred up spirit huh? where you're stirred up according to Acts 17 and 16. And you can have a troubled spirit according to, to John 11 and 33. I'm trying to teach you guys that everything is a spirit. Things that affect our spirit can be entertainment. Another thing that can affect our spirit can be people. People can affect our spirit. Another thing that can affect our spirit can be places. So you need to understand that settling is not just something that we do, but it's a spirit and it's an unclean spirit. You need to understand that settling is a spirit and it's an unclean spirit. Are y'all still with me on tonight? When our spirit gets defiled, we need to cleanse it. You can see Psalms 51 for that. When our spirit gets jacked up, and it will. When your spirit man begins to get jacked up, you need to cleanse it. We must allow the word of truth and Holy Spirit to work in our spirit. According to Romans 8 and 16. And guys, there is a PDF that I have and it shows the different spirits according to the scripture and what to be aware of. So if you want it, I'll send it to you, right? Or I'll attach it in the group, in the praying single mom group. That way you'll know what you're dealing with and what to pray against. I have that, that PDF and I can send it to you guys. You know, just let me know, just inbox me. I'll put it in the praying single mom group, whatever it is. If you're on the podcast listening in, inbox me on Facebook, on IG, I'll send the PDF to you. Because like I said, I don't believe in one person. God is not a respecter of man. We all need to elevate. We all need to go up and we all need to know what to be aware of. We all need to know what to be aware of. God doesn't want us to settle. People settle when they get attached to a past season in their life. Sometimes people are supposed to stay where they have been. But nothing is supposed to stay like it has been. Let me repeat that. Let me repeat that because I really need for you guys to, to, leak, to lean in and press in on tonight. Because if you are on here, God wants you to know 
that he doesn't want you to settle. Sometimes people are supposed to stay where they have been, but nothing is supposed to stay like it has been. In other words, sometimes you may supposed to stay where you've been, but you're not supposed to stay the same. Anything that is not evolving or changing is in a state of death. Anything that is not evolving or changing is in a state of death. That that can mean spiritually dead or physically dead. Anything that is not evolving or changing is dead. Y'all need to let that resonate in your spirit right there. (laughs) You need to let that settle in your spirit right there. Anything that is not evolving or changing is dead. That can be a job. And that job cannot be, you don't have any growth there. You ain't had a raise. They give you a 10 cent raise every year. That job is dead. You ain't got no promotion. That job is dead. You could be doing the same thing over and over, whatever it is. You can be in a relationship and you don't see it growing. You don't see it changing. That relationship is dead. It can be your mindset. You don't see anything changing in your mindset, the way that you are thinking. You are not evolving. You are not, not changing that's a dead mindset it can be the way that you are eating your body is not changing you don't see your body changing all you see is your health your health is deteriorating your health is getting worse you're dealing with headaches you're dealing with all type of physical physicalities in your body you don't see it changing it's not evolving it can be that you're dealing with dead principles you're dealing with dead things are y'all still with me on tonight When people don't evolve with life and embrace change, they settle for a lifetime in what was supposed to be only a season. Some of you guys have settled for a lifetime for what was only supposed to be a season. Some of you guys have extended your stay in a season that was only supposed to last for 30 days. Some of you guys have extended your stay in a relationship, hallelujah, that was only supposed to be for one day because you were supposed to walk the other way. Some of you guys have extended your stay, hallelujah, in a job, hallelujah, that was only supposed to be temporary, that was only supposed to be a stepping stone, but you decided to stay. Some of you guys have extended your stay in depression. It was only supposed to last you for three months, but now you don't been in depression for years. You have extended your stay what season have you extended what season have you extended some of you guys have extended your stay in poverty you were only supposed to deal with poverty just for a little bit but all you needed to do was go learn some different things and go change your mindset and all you had to do hallelujah was go ahead and say god i'm tired of being in this season what season are you in today What season are you in right now that you have extended? See, a lot of you guys are hiding behind that saying by saying, oh, God is still working on me. God is still dealing with me. I'm still just in this season. This is just a season that I'm in. I had to break myself up out of saying that. Oh, this is just a season that I'm in. Are you, have you, have you planted yourself in a season that God has told you to come up out of? What season are you in today? Hallelujah that you have extended. I want you to think about that. 
my God, don't let your season turn into a lifetime. Do not let your current season turn into a lifetime. And I don't even care if you are winning right now. You have to understand that you should always be growing. You should always be evolving. What season are you in currently? God is saying it's time, it's time, it's time. It's time, it's time, it's time. Because some of you guys have even gotten comfortable. You're not struggling, but you're comfortable. You're able to pay your bills. You're able to eat food. You're able to buy food. You're able to get your nails and hair done, but you're comfortable there. And God is saying you are settling for something when I have greater for you. Do not turn this current season into a lifetime season. Don't do it. Some people settle because they may have had a setback or suffered something traumatic to where they seem like they cannot go any further. And this message has nothing to do with someone who may be dealing with grief. Because grief is hard. So take the time that you need. So I'm not talking about those who are dealing with grief. But you may have went through something traumatic. To where it seems like you cannot, you just can't get over it. But again, God didn't mean for you to stay in that season for a lifetime. Some people are, they settle relationally, such as in a place of relational wounds. Some people allow their circumstances to call them to linger mentally and emotionally in a place that God wants them to move far beyond. Or if someone have left you or is thinking about leaving you, you settle there. You settle in trying to get them to stay with you. But God wants to let you know on today that when people leave you, don't ask them to stay. When people walk away from you, don't ask them to stay. Understand this. Rejection is often God's way of redirecting you. Understand that God has new and he has better relationships in mind for you. So when someone walk away from you, let them. When someone wants to turn their back on you, let them. When someone gets offended with you, let them. When someone feels some type of way about you, let them. You got to get a let them in your spirit. Hallelujah. You got to let people think what they think. Hallelujah. My God, my God, you got to get a let them in your spirit. Let them, hallelujah, let people think what they think and let them feel what they feel. You got to get a let them in your spirit. Somebody need to type let them, let them, let them think what they want to think about you. Let them think what they want to think. Let them say what they want to say about you. You got to get a let them in your spirit. If people can't see that you are a person of value, let them. If that dude don't realize that you are the prize, let him. If he don't realize what you got to offer, let him. If he if he want to go here about his own way, let him. If he want to, if he see somebody else out there that he feel like can offer something that you ain't offering, let them. Hallelujah. If they think that you ain't all this and this and that and that God didn't choose you, let them. If they think that you that you think you all that or you, you not supposed to be doing what you not supposed what you're doing you may be seeking a business and they put in their mouths on you let them think what they think 
Let them. You got to get a let them in your spirit. My God. You got to get a let them in your spirit. Let them. Let people be wrong about you. Let people be wrong about you. We have spent so much of our lives trying to prove to people. We spent so much of our lives trying to prove to people that we are good. Trying to prove to family members. They treated you like the black sheep all your life. And here you are trying to prove to them. I'm not really like that. But if you're trying to get people to see that you're not really like that. You're trying to get people to see that I can be somebody. You've been trying to prove yourself for years. But I hear the Lord saying, let them. Many of you are trying to start a business because you're trying to prove to people that you are worthy. You're in it for the wrong reason. Your motives of off. You're trying to prove to people that you really can be somebody. You're trying to prove to people that you really can be successful. You're trying to prove to people that you're not that little ghetto girl. You're trying to prove to people that you're not that little dumb girl. Some of you guys are going back to school to get your degree because you're trying to prove to people that you are really smart and that you're not just somebody who dropped out of school and that you're not just somebody who had a baby at a young age, that you're not just somebody who got in that relationship and was jacked up. You're trying to prove to people that you are better than what they say you are. But I hear the word of the Lord today. Stop trying to prove yourself to people. Because even when you get that degree, they still going to have something to say about you. Even when you create that LLC, they still going to have something to say about you. Even when you get that good husband, they still going to have something to say about you. Even when your kids turn out better than what they thought they was going to turn out, they still going to have something to say about you. They still going to have something to say about you. So you got to let them. You got to let them. Let them think what they think, honey. If you start that business, it better be because of you. Because God told you to start that business. Because God gave you a vision. Hallelujah. Because if you're building it and your motives are wrong, it's not going to last. It's not going to last. Hallelujah. You got to do everything that you do for the glory of God. You can't be doing stuff just to get back at people. And that's why I hate when people are always so focused on their haters. Some of you guys need to My God, you're focusing too much on your haters. You're focusing too much on the people that don't like you. Let them think what they think, baby. If they hate you, let them hate you. They missed it now. You got to understand, Father's Day was on Sunday, huh? My kids didn't get a chance to speak to their father, but let him, let him miss out. You got to understand, you got to get, let them in your spirit. And you got to understand that it's their loss. Somebody need to get free on tonight you've been worried and worried and worried and worried about people people have been your biggest setback but you gotta understand baby people are going to be people this ain't even my message but you gotta understand that people are going to be people 
somebody need to type that in the comments. I'm telling y'all, y'all got to get a let them, let them in, get a let them in your spirit. People are going to be people. You are so upset that people are being people. Let me tell y'all something. People will get offended. I've learned y'all, and I ain't number 32. Thank God. But listen, people will get offended. People will cut you off. People will walk away from you. People will put their mouths on you. People will say you ain't nothing. People will say that you don't deserve what you got. And when you're going through hell, people will say you deserve to go through what you deserve to go through. People will be people. And you have to understand that people will be people. When you understand that people will be people, it'll save you from a lot of hurt and pain. Come on, guys. Come on. Let them. Let them, y'all. Let them miss out on you. It's not your job to prove to him that you are the one. No, ma'am. I know it hurts that he can't see your value. I know it hurts that he can't see that. You are truly something special. I know I know you want him to choose you. I know you do. But hear the word of the Lord. Let him miss out. If it was meant for him to see your value, he would be able to see it and he won't question it. If it was meant for them to understand and know your worth, they would see it. You got to understand this, that there is a people for you. There is a people that will not question who you are. Why? Because they are called to you. The Bible says that my sheep know my voice and another they will not follow. Your people, they will know you. They will know you by your spirit. Your man, he will know that he cannot do this life without you. He'll know it. All that, I'm figuring it out. I'm trying to see, are you the one for me? I got all of that, all of that BS, no ma'am. You don't take all of that. He'll know it. Stop letting these men play on you like that. And they like, oh, I, I got to figure it out. I'm just trying to figure it out. I, I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure some things out. No, he has a fear of commitment. And he can't understand and see your value. He, he can't understand and see it. And so stop trying to prove it. Stop it. All right, so let's get back to the message. I just really felt that so heavily. I I really felt that so heavily. My God, my God, some of you guys have been trying to prove yourself. You've been trying to prove yourself since you were a child. You've been trying to prove yourself for so long because you've been misunderstood for so long and you think that something is wrong with you. But what you fail to realize is that your people, 
They will know you. They will know you. You're trying to force yourself in certain uh, friendship circles and you wonder why it's so hard and you wonder why it feels like static. Those are not your people. They're not your people. You got to get away from people that makes it seem like you are so hard to love. You ever been around people that make it seem like you're so hard to love? You are not hard to love. You just trying to fit yourself into to a place that God is not calling you to fit into. My God. When people leave, do not ask them to stay. You are better off and will be a lot happier being with people and being around people who want to be with you. I know what it feels like to be in rooms and groups where you're not wanted. I know what it feels like to be in relationships where you are not wanted. And that is a terrible feeling. It's a terrible feeling. It's a terrible feeling. It's a terrible feeling. So some people, they settle in relationships because they feel it's the best that God has to offer for them. But what feels good to you may not be God. Everything that's good is not God. It's just not. So let's go to the scripture. If this message is helping you so far, go ahead and drop some hearts in the comments, guys. Because listen, I'm telling y'all, I know that um, God has something to say on tonight. He really does. I, I really feel this so heavy. I feel this so strongly. My God, I feel it so strongly. Isaiah 55 and two says this. Isaiah 55 and two. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me. Eat what is good. And delight yourselves in rich food. Man, y'all, this scripture makes it clear that settling is not biblical. Settling is not biblical. Don't let this scripture go over your head. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? Bread in the Bible what's considered to be a gift from God, right? When you think about bread in the Bible, it's a gift from God. It's considered to be a gift from God. And we know that money, money symbolizes something of value. So in other words, why are you giving up something? Why are you giving up something that is valuable for something that is not a gift from God? Why are you giving up something that is valuable for something that is not a gift from God? Why are you investing your time and energy on something that's not a gift from God? The scripture even goes further on to say, why are you laboring for that which does not satisfy? My God. 
Why are you laboring for that which does not satisfy? Why are you working hard for something that does not fill you up? A lot of times we are laboring for things that never satisfy us. My God, yet we labor for things that, that that will never satisfy us. My God, the Bible talks about casting your pearls to swine, which means do not waste good things on people who will not appreciate them. Who am I talking to on tonight? How many of you guys have been wasting good things on people who, who is unappreciative? They don't appreciate the value. They don't appreciate what you are giving out. They are not picking up what you are putting down they are not checking for you huh? yet you are still pouring out you are still laboring you are still working hard you are still giving out things to people and places who do not appreciate it some of us need to understand that we are God's good thing, that we are God's good thing. You are God's good thing. You need to understand that you are a person of value. You are a person of value because if we can be honest, most of the time we don't act like we are people of value. Most of the time we are we don't act like we are people of value. We don't act like we are God's good thing. You're walking around jacked up. You don't act like you are God's good thing. You walking around settling for this and that, and you don't act like you are God's good thing. Sometimes we are waiting for other people to classify us as God's God's good thing. Sometimes you are waiting for people to say that you are a good thing, but you got to know that you are God's good thing. The last time I checked, huh? In the book of Genesis, when God created you, he said that you were good. When God created us, he said that it was good. And so you need to understand that you are a good thing. You are a good thing. You are God's good thing. Because you are still living, that means that you are a person of value. And because you are somebody because you are a person of value you don't want to settle for anything less than God's best you need to get that down in your spirit on tonight uh, that you are God's good thing that you are uh, you are a person of value that you don't just settle for anything that you are God's best you don't want to settle for anything less than God's best uh, Isaiah 55 and 2 goes on to say this I feel myself getting worked up I feel myself getting excited but I really need for you guys to hear this on tonight. Isaiah 55 and two goes on to say, listen diligently to me and eat what is good. Delight yourselves in the rich food. (laughs) You want to eat what is good, baby. You want to delight yourself in the rich food. This does not only stand for physical food, but it stands for spiritual, mental, and all of those things. We want to ensure that we are partaking of what is rich. We want to make sure that we are eating of what is rich. We want to make sure that we are consuming what is rich. When we think about the definition rich, 
It means abundant. It means plentiful. It means lavish. It means well off. It means full. It means big. It means mega. And the list goes on. When we think of the definition rich, it means abundant. It means plentiful. It means lavish. It means well off. It means full. It means big. And the list goes on. My God, yes, it's a process getting there, but some of us have stayed too long where we don't belong. Some of us have stayed too long where we don't belong. I see dead flowers in the spirit. I see dead flowers in the spirit. The main, my God, dead flowers. You know how a dead flower look. When I was studying this on today, I just began to see dead flowers in the spirit. My God, the main reason flowers die is because they are not getting enough water. (laughs) My God, y'all are going to have to stick with me on tonight. The main reason that flowers die is because they are not getting enough water. And sometimes flowers die because the water is contaminated. And sometimes flowers die because they don't get enough light. And sometimes flowers die because they, they the stalks of them are clogged up and they are not taking in the nutrients that they need. I see dead flowers in the spirit. Many of us are like those dead flowers. We are not getting enough water which is causing us to settle for spiritual and sometimes physical death. We are not getting enough water. We have to break agreement with death, that spirit of death, hallelujah, spiritual death and physical death. You got to understand that when you settle for certain things, that means that you are saying, okay, God, I am, I'm, I'm okay with dying. I'm okay with my spirit man dying. I'm okay with spiritually dying. I'm okay with physically dying. You got to understand how serious settling is. Settling leads to death. Settling leads to death. It leads to spiritual death as well as physical death. Why do you think that when people settle, nothing lives around them? Why do you think that when you settle, it causes you so much frustration? Why do you think that when you settle, it causes uneasiness? Why do you think that when you settle, there is no happiness there? Why do you think that when you settle, there is no joy there? When you settle, you're coming in agreement with spirit as well as physical death. Are y'all following me on tonight? John 4, 13 through 14 says this. It says that Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I will give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water that I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. See, what we need to be doing is drinking of the living water that never runs out, where we will never thirst, where we won't be out here looking thirsty, where we won't be out here acting thirsty, where we won't be out here being thirsty, where we don't have to be thirsty for anything because we already know that Jesus satisfies and we already know whatever God gives us is satisfying. That's the water that we need to drink of. Again, some flowers die and settle right where they are 
because they are not getting enough water, hallelujah, but those, hallelujah, who will begin to drink of the water that Jesus offered, you will never thirst again, and another reason that sunflowers die is because they get contaminated, they get contaminated, remember we talked about settling being a spirit right so some of us have been contaminated by our environments and by other people some of us have been spiritually contaminated and some of us have been physically contaminated by our environments and we have been contaminated by the people that are around us my god let's go to the scripture first corinthians 15 and 33 says this Don't be fooled by those who say such things for bad company corrupts good character. If you think that the people that you hang around do not make a difference in your life, think again. If you think that the environments that you are in does not make a difference, think again. Think again. Think again. Your environment could be contaminating your mind. The people that you are around, they could be contaminating your mind. Why do you think, hallelujah, that when you are around certain people, you start talking like them. You start dressing like them. You start acting like them. People can start rubbing off on you. They can start rubbing off on you. You can start picking up some of their struggles and some of their worries. You can get contaminated. Are you contaminated? Why you think that when you start hanging around certain people, you start liking what they like. You start liking the things that they like and they start saying things like, oh, I don't rubbed off on you. Oh, I don't rubbed off on you. Yeah, you right. You don't rubbed off on me. You don't contaminated me. Some of you need to get uncontaminated. And some flowers die and settle because they don't get enough light. They don't get enough light. John 8 and 12 says this, John 8 and 12 says this, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but they will have the light of life. John 1 and 5 says the light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. We need to know that the light of the, we need to know the light of the world, which is Jesus. So we can too be a light that shines in darkness. And so that darkness will not keep overcoming us. How many of you have felt like your light is not shining? I talked to a girl on my job today and she is a Christian. And she said, you know, I was sitting around, you know, such and such at home and all of a sudden they just went off on me. And they they said, you know, I don't want to hang around you. I don't want to hang around you. I said, you know why they said that? Because your spirit irritates them. And one thing about it, when you are a light, the darkness cannot overcome you. What happens is your light will begin to overcome it. So what are you overcoming? Are you overcoming that place or is that place overcoming you hallelujah some of you guys need to wake up wake up wake up wake up are you being overcome by the darkness or are you overcoming the darkness are you being a light another way that flowers die are because they are clogged up and they are not getting the nutrients that they need when i read that y'all 
I saw a person so consumed with everything else, so much trash and everything that the world has to offer to the point where they are not able to get the word of God in. They are not able to receive revelation from God. They're not able to get what they need to survive. And so when I, when I, when I read on the flowers and I saw that some of the flowers die because they're clogged up and they're not getting the nutrients that they need, some of us are like those flowers. We're so clogged up. We're not, we're not able to receive the word of God. We're not able to receive the revelation of God. Some of you talking about, oh, I don't hear God. You know, God, he ain't talking to me. I feel like God is so quiet. I feel like I'm in a season where, where God is just not speaking to me. He's just not talking to me. Could it be that you are so consumed? You're so consumed with everything. You're so consumed with life. You're so consumed with all of the TV shows that you are watching. You are so consumed and you ain't made room for the king of glory to enter in. You haven't made room for God to speak to you. You haven't made room. You haven't made time and you haven't made room. Are you consumed? My God, are you consumed? In order to flourish and in order to live and not settle, we cannot be contaminated. We cannot be consumed. We cannot be clogged up in the darkness, stuck and stagnant. Which, when you, my God, think about a toilet. When that toilet is clogged up, it ain't going to flush. It ain't going to flush. Think about a heart. When the heart is clogged up with all of that extra stuff, you can have a heart attack and you can tap out and die. Anything that is clogged up cannot live. Anything that is clogged up cannot flourish. Anything that is clogged up cannot thrive. Could it be that you are clogged up? Could it be that you are clogged up and you need to be unclogged? You need to be unclogged. Who are y'all with me on tonight? When our conditions are not right, our vision and our perception will become tainted. When our conditions, when our environments are not right, our vision and our perception will become tainted. Think about people who commit certain crimes, such as rape and molestation. Think about pedophiles and people who commit rape and molestation. A lot of rapists, they were not born that way. A lot of, a lot of pedophiles and all of those type of people, they were not born like that. They stumbled across something or something happened to them as a child or, or something contaminated them. Something happened to them as a child. Something contaminated them. And their environment never changed. Therefore, they begin to act on the spirit in them. Uh, we're almost to the end. But if you're still here, drop some fires in the comments. People who go into buildings and shoot up places, they were not born that way. People, rapists, all of those people, they were not born like that. They messed around and came, came across something that contaminated them. They messed around and got in the wrong environment. They probably went through something in their household as a child. They probably got raped. They probably witnessed something on TV. 
and something just, they began to act out on things that they saw. I want to show you guys a video really quick that I came across last night. It's a perfect example of someone acting on what was in their environment. This video is a perfect example of someone acting on what was in their environment, what they saw, and they they became it. They began to settle in that place. And it wasn't until they began to get to know Jesus that their life completely changed and they stopped settling for less than God's best. It's a real, real short video. It's less than two minutes, but it will definitely change your life. I want to share this with you guys really quick. I want to share this with y'all. Really, really quick. Let me share my screen so y'all can see. All right, so if y'all can see my screen, let me know in the chat. Yes, just put yes, let me know. All right. My family members help. All right. I'm going to put this video up real quick. I was hanging out at one of my family members' houses, and I remember the show RuPaul's Drag Race was playing on the TV. Who's familiar with the show RuPaul's Drag Race? Raise your hand. So uh, RuPaul's Drag Race is a show where um, drag queens come together, males, they dress as women and, you know, do a whole bunch of craziness. And I remember watching this stuff on the TV, and I, I remember one of the elders who was watching me looking at the TV said, turn that stuff off before this little boy decides to do the same things. And from there on, the curiosity and confusion of my identity began. Um, <clears throat> fast forward to when I was 13 years old, uh, two of my peers introduced me to pornography. And from there on, I started watching it, you know, from time to time. And one day roaming the internet, I came across gay porn. And uh, watching gay porn, uh, the spirit of homosexuality started to really have its way in my life. Uh, the Bible says in Matthew chapter six, how our eyes are the lamp to our body. And if you allow darkness into your eyes, you allow darkness into your body. So that's literally what happened to me as a child. And um, going into high school, I started hanging around the wrong crowd, uh, got into weed smoking, um, a whole bunch of craziness. And um, I played basketball, so I would try to hide my sexuality by playing sports. And um, fast forward to when I was 17 years old, I, got, I started to enact on the things that were introduced to me as a child. And I got in a down low secret homosexual relationship with two males who planned on tra later transitioning to females. And I was doing this behind closed doors. Nobody knew about it. Um, going forward to my senior year of high school, I ended up getting a college basketball scholarship. I went to college and now I don't have my parents around. You know, I had no standard. So I was having I was dating this girl at the time we were having sex. I was having sex with men and women at the same time drinking. Um, and that lifestyle, it just never brought any peace. It never brought any joy. <clears throat> so my, uh, my first year of college, I ended up quitting basketball. My second year, I, I went in and I was just like, I was going through a lot. I had a 0 0.66 GPA. Um, I was dealing with heavy anxiety, depression. I couldn't look at people in the eyes. I was just so lost. And I remember what my parents had trained me up. Like the Bible talks about how um, you're supposed to train up a child in the word and the word will never leave them. And so I remember my, my parents teaching me about God, and I said to myself, like, I tried the weed, I tried the drugs, I tried all the things to try to fulfill my, my life, but I feel empty. You know, I, I'm going to try Jesus. And um, one day in February of 2021, I said a prayer. I said, Lord Jesus, I know if I die tonight, I got a free ticket in my pocket to hell. 
but the only way I'm going to serve you is if you show me that you're real. And um, I knew if I became a Christian, because I grew up in the church, I knew if I became a Christian, I was going to have to give up the fornication, the homosexuality, the drugs, all these things. But I knew that I, I just didn't want to give it up for a fake God, you know. So I said, you know, I, I, just, want, I just want you, God, to show me that you are real. Um, around this time period, I believe in soul ties because the Bible talks about it, and I've experienced it myself. Um, the people I was having, the men I was having sex with, since they wanted to transition to females, I started to have that same spirit within me to become a female. And uh, around this time, I was buying heels, getting my nails done, um, dressing like a woman, and stuff like that. And um, one day, I was hanging out with one of my peers, and I left that place, and I was going back home, and I went inside my truck. And that day I had a, a crop top, a jean jacket, silk pants, and white acrylic toenails. I was probably possibly going to turn into a, a female, a transition to a female. And I went into my truck, and when I went to turn the key, I felt a presence in my truck. And when I looked to the passenger side, the Holy Spirit just, boom, hit me right there. And I felt the presence of God so strongly, I started to get emotional. And I literally lifted my hands in, the, in, the, in, in my truck in February of 2021. I said, Lord, I give the homosexuality up. I give the drugs up. I give the pornography up. I give all that stuff up, you know. And um, ever since that day, I haven't gone back to homosexuality, drugs, uh, pornography. I've been completely delivered. God's completely changed my life. Um, today, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Caroline, who's in the front row right here. Yes. Uh, next next Thursday we'll be celebrating our first year of marriage, and so so uh, I have a I have a special place in my heart for the LGBTQIA plus community because I used to be in that lifestyle. So my message to them in this month and, and throughout the rest of my life is: if he could deliver me from the stuff that he's delivered me from, he can do it for anybody. I'm not special. I'm not. I'm not somebody, I'm, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody that saved my soul. And that man is Jesus. So I'm proud to be delivered. I was hanging out. I wanted. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. My God. My God. That know that they know that they know that God is a deliverer. Come on, I don't care what nobody tell you. Huh? That video makes me so emotional because it does something to me. Hallelujah to know that God is a deliverer. He's awesome in power. He is mighty in battle. And I just want to tell a mama on here tonight that God has the final say so. Huh? My God, God is so good, y'all. I'm telling y'all he's good. Anyways, listen, that video got me excited again. It got me excited again. It got me excited again. I showed, I showed y'all the video because, I, first of all, I showed y'all the video because I wanted y'all to see what in your environment can do to y'all. But I just got another revelation even just then. Mothers who are on here, even those of you who are not mothers yet. Did you guys hear what that child said? He's not a child anymore. He was sitting in an environment. 
something was on TV. And if you follow him on social media, he will tell you more of his story. He will tell you how what he was watching, it planted a seed in him and he began to act on what he saw. So a lot of people may be saying like, oh, you crazy. You're going overboard. You too strict. You all this and this and that. You don't want your child to do nothing. They're going to see it anyway. But I'm going to tell you right now that the enemy is using TV as an assignment. The enemy is using TV as an assignment what they see it has the ability to come out and get on them he said he saw one drag queen show and that opened up his curiosity right there and then after that what else did he say he said he came across gay porn and that began to open up his curiosity right there and then he what else did he say guys we're talking about environments he said that he start he went off to college and he said his friends they was dressing like women and they were doing all of those different type of things and he began to become that he began to act on that but it wasn't until he had an encounter with God it wasn't until he and don't forget this he said his parents they always instilled the word of God in him he said that but that did not stop him from doing what he saw but what does the Bible say it says train up a child in the way that they should go when they get older they will not depart from it it never left him it was in him I saw what the enemy tried to do some of you guys need to say you need to tell the enemy I see what you're trying to do in my child but I know you better keep planting that word in them Keep planting that word in them. They're going to always go back to that word. They're going to always go back to that word. One thing about my grandmother, she always had the word of God out. And I always seen her reading her Bible. And she would always tell me about the word of God. And that thing didn't hit me because it didn't hit me yet. But I I know it never left me. I, I went on and I went to do all of these different type of things. I found myself dating drug dealers. I found myself in trap houses. I found myself in crack houses. I found myself in cl- uh, in different type of clubs. I found myself with different type of men. I found myself even doing all type of things, selling my body for money, you know, doing all of these things. I was confused at one point. I thought I liked it. Women, I came across gay porn myself. I'm just telling y'all a personal testimony. I came across gay porn myself. I used to try to watch women on women porn and I thought for one moment, I thought I was curious and I thought I just had a curiosity because I was searching for a boy. I was searching for something, but then something hit me one day and I I went back to the word and I went back to worship and I went back to church and I said God, listen, I don't know what's going on, but my life is jacked up and I need you. So I'm I'm here to tell y'all, put the word in them children. My God, put the word in them. And my God, if anything ain't going to stick, it's going to be that word. And one thing that I heard on that video, he talked about he had an encounter with God. He said, listen, God, I've been sleeping with men and women. I'm doing drugs and all of these different type of things and all this stuff feel good, God, but I don't, I'm not willing to give all of that up if you ain't real. And he said, God, if you real, show me. You need to teach your children. It's not about religion. See, I will say this. I love my grandmother. God bless her soul. She never taught me about relationship. 
And so I used to get frustrated and confused when I saw her going to church and reading her Bible and praying every morning. But I saw her going through so much hell. I used to get so frustrated with it. And it turned me off. See, your children are turned off because you've been teaching them religion. But you need to tell them that they need a relationship with God. It's your relationship with God that is going to sustain you. They need to know what it means to have an encounter with God. It's those encounters that will change your life. It's those encounters. And even some of you as adults, you've been in religion and you haven't had a true encounter with God, but it's those encounters with God. Like the young man talked about in that video, he said that when he got in the car, he looked to the right and the Holy Spirit just hit him. See, when you have an encounter with God, it'll just hit you. Something will just come over you and you will start saying things like, I don't I don't have a desire to drink no more. I don't have a desire to, a desire to smoke anymore. I don't have a desire. I don't want to keep having sex and giving my body up. I want to wait for my mate. I don't want to keep doing all these type of things, God. I don't want to lie no more. I don't want to steal no more. When you have an encounter with God, a real encounter, See, some of you guys are frustrated. You are so frustrated because you like, God, I read the word. God, I've been paying my tithes. I've been going to church, God. I've been showing up on Bible study, but it still feels like, you know, I'm still, I'm still having the same desires, God. See, you got to have an encounter. See, some of you guys need to be praying for an encounter. You need to pray for an encounter with God, God. I need an encounter with you, God. I need to know that you are real. See, some of you guys are too scared to pray that you feel like you're gonna offend God if you say God I need for you to show me that you are real hallelujah but some of you guys you might as well go serve the, the person in the uh the nail shop that little bald-headed fat man because that's the type of lifestyle that you are living you treat God just like he that fat Buddha in the nail shop that they give food to that's how you really been treating God you ain't treating him like he a true and living God you ain't treating him like he our father you treating him like he some type of God that can't move. You treating him like he's some type of God that can't make things happen. You treating him like he's some type of God that doesn't still do miracles. You're treating him like he's just somebody in the sky. I know it's tight, but listen, my God, oh, it's right. It's right. Hallelujah. My God is right. My God. I'm sorry, God. Listen, y'all don't go serve no Buddha. I was just playing. I was just joking. I know. I was just, I was just joking, God, when I told them they can go serve Buddha. Don't go serve no Buddha because Buddha can't do nothing for you, all right? You really need to be understanding that you serve the real and true living God. I'm serious, y'all. I'm really, really so serious, guys. All right, guys. So so listen, I know it's, it's, it's 9 o'clock. 9 p.m. Eastern time. I don't know what side of the world you on, but I really, 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 um, God led me to do something. Um, we gotta do something on tonight. So if y'all here, put here in the comments. Put here in the comments. We're 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 some seekers. When you a seeker, you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and you understand that everything else will be added to you.
So that phone call with him, it can wait. That phone call that you're waiting on, that move, that TV show, all those different types of things, those things can wait. You got to become a seeker. We are seeker, guys. When there's doing the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else we add. You got to become a seeker. The Bible says that you will, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. You will find me. You got to get to a place where you're seeking God with all of your heart. You got to get to a place where you like God, everything else can wait. huh? You got to get a everything else can wait in your spirit. Some of y'all be trying to rush God, but you got to get a everything else can wait in your spirit. So I'm glad to see, see that so many of you guys are still here. Because listen, God is real. God is so real. And I'm so excited about what he's about to get ready and do. All right, guys. So I, I want to go over something really quick. And then we're going to do a prophetic act in just a second. This is not going to take long, but all right. So what are we going to do to break the spirit of settling or any other type of spirit that we may be dealing with, right? So I'm in a book, Deliverance from Demonic Covenants and Curses. And then I went to the chapter, Pulling Down Down the Walls. So in your battles against the kingdom of darkness, in your battles against the kingdom of darkness, you will always win if you stay on the Lord's side, always. However, there is a great mistake that many Christians make, which cause many delays in their breakthrough, and it makes them unable to reach their goals, despite the fact that God has already given them victory. See, God has already given you victory, but you, you haven't pulled down the walls yet. So you're experiencing delay in your breakthrough. God has already given you the victory. But you're you're experiencing delay in your breakthrough. And you haven't been able to reach your goals. And I want to talk to you guys tonight about that really quick. The moment that we receive the promise of God on any given situation, sometimes we go to sleep. The moment you receive the prophecy that everything is going to get better for you, sometimes you just go to sleep and you begin to think that all is well. But God expects you to pursue that promise until you take hold of it. The kingdom of violence, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violence take it by force. God, God expects you to pursue that promise until you take hold of it. If you relax, At the wrong time, you are bound to lose the promise. If you relax at the wrong time, you are bound to lose the promise. My God, when God has played his own part, he expects you to play your role. When God has played his own part, he expects you to play your part. Are you playing your part? Have you been playing your part or are you settling? Are you stuck? Are you sleep? Are you delayed? Are you not doing what he calls you to do? If you don't do your part, you will never possess your possession. A lot of times you say you're waiting on God. But he is waiting on you to take the land. He is waiting on you to go possess your possession. 
He is waiting on you to go and take it by force. Take it by force. When God gives a promise to his people, come on business owners, or he grants them the them a vision of a possession. Come on, those of you who are waiting to get married. Come on, those of you who are believing God for healing. Come on, those of you who are believing God for breakthrough. Come on, those of you who are believing God for anything on tonight. If you are believing God for anything on tonight, I want you to know that you have already got the victory. I want you to know that the promise, God has already promised it to you, but now he wants you to go out and possess your possession. I want you to know that he wants you to go out and take it by force. All right. When God gives a promise to his people or grants them a vision, a position he has given them more often than not, there are obstacles or barriers that they have to overcome to be able to enter that promise. When God has given you a promise, there are obstacles or barriers that you have to overcome in order to get to that promise. Listen to me. Don't get stuck on the you got the victory part because some of y'all are still stuck on the you got the victory part. God told you that you got the victory five years ago, but you still ain't went out and got the promise. God told you that you were a millionaire last year, but you still ain't went out and got the millions. God told you that you were a wife two years ago, but you still ain't, ain't went out and did what you had to do to possess your possession. So don't get stuck on the you got the victory part. The important part on tonight is you taking it by force. The important part on tonight is you going out and taking the land and possessing what God has already promised you because he already promised you. He don't, my God, you read over and over again in the Bible where God has promised them something. Think about those who he promised the promised land to, but they wandered for 40 years years because they were in disobedience my god y'all follow me come on come on this is this is this is too good when god gives you a promise oftentimes there are obstacles and barriers that you have to overcome first however they get discouraged on the way And they refuse to press on due to the obstacles. How many times have God promised you something? And then an obstacle came. And then a barrier came. Oh, God, I just felt something. The enemy, one thing about the enemy. He listening right now. (laughs) But I rebuke you, enemy. And I come against every backlash and retaliation that will try to come up against his word. I already know the enemy, he want to come and try to test this word that y'all are listening to right now. He want to try to test it. When God gives you a promise, the enemy sends an obstacle and he sends a barrier in your way. And a lot of people give up right there. I'm guilty of that. I have been guilty of that before in the past where God has promised me a lot of things, but then an obstacle come and I'd be like, oh, well, if it's like that, if it's that hard, then this must not be God or something happens, something comes up and I'm like, God, you know, this, 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 I just give up, but I break every spirit of giving up now in the name of Jesus, I break every spirit of almost 
I break it now. I cancel that spirit of almost now in the name of Jesus, almost being wealthy, almost being married, almost coming out of poverty, almost getting your breakthrough, almost being financially stable, almost getting your mind right, almost overcoming, almost getting out of depression. I break every spirit of almost now in the name of Jesus. And I decree and declare that you will be those that will go out and that you will take it by force. I pray now in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, that you will war over the prophecy, that you will war over the promise that God has given you. If God has called you to be a millionaire, if you know that he's called you to wealth, do you, don't you think the enemy is going to continue to attack you in your finances? Oh my God, some of you guys don't understand why the financial attack is so great. That's because God has called you to, to conquer and he's called you to master finances. You don't understand why the financial attack has been so great on your life. That's because God has called you to finance the kingdom. He's called you to be wealthy, not to brag, but because you are somebody that know what it feels like to go without, because you are somebody that knows what it feels like to feed your kids Raymond noodles, because you are somebody that knows what it feels like to be afraid to walk to the register because you are afraid that your card may decline, because you are somebody that knows what it feels like to say, let me get $5 on pump two, because you are somebody that knows what it feels like to have to wear the same wig over and over and over, because you are somebody that knows what it feels like to walk into Goodwill and buy some pants and a shirt, because you are somebody that knows what it feels like to receive food stamps because you are somebody that knows what it feels like to receive unemployment because you are somebody that knows what it feels like to get government assistance. God is calling you to be a kingdom financier. He is calling you to oh my God. He's calling you see the end. My God, I feel the fire of God right here. Let me calm down because I need for y'all to hear this. The attack has been so great because that is the area that God is calling you to lead. He's calling you. See, see the people need a leader who don't been there. And the people need a leader who can relate. I see you, Janita. Let's get it. Let's go. Fight. Fight. You will not settle. You will not settle right there, Janita. Fight. I'm telling you. Fight. The church has forgot to tell y'all. They call you to the altar. And they prophesy over you. And they tell you that you're going, the house is coming. And they tell you that the marriage is coming. And they tell you that the degree is coming and they tell you that the breakthrough is coming, but you got to fight for it. Y'all I'm telling y'all, come on. The enemy has attacked you in your mind because he's calling you to counsel others who have lost their mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Come on. The enemy 
has attacked you in your health because he has given you the anointing to heal. Are y'all following me? Yeah. You have been attacked as a parent because the enemy is calling, I mean, God is calling you. God is calling you to show other parents that it's possible. It's possible to turn your household around. It's possible to turn your relationships around with your children. You have been attacked in every relationship that you don't been in. You have been attacked in every relationship. Come on. I just want to ask y'all, are y'all following me? The area where the attack is the greatest, that's the area where God is calling you to lead. 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 Breakthrough and fight. Some of you guys have given up. You have been a punk in the spirit. I'm because I'm just gonna say we. Come on, I'm, I'm just gonna say we. Y'all know my stories. Y'all know my testimonies. I should be further ahead, but I needed to tell y'all this message on tonight. I needed y'all to know that after the promise come a text. I needed y'all to know that after the promise, the prophecy, the attack will come. And a lot of us give up right there. After tonight, I pray that you will never give up again. I pray that you will understand it ain't nothing coming easy to you, man. I'm sorry, but it ain't. I know they're talking about this soft life stuff. I, I, I understand it. It's going to be a time for the soft life. It's going to be a time for that. But but I'm going to tell you something right now. You got to get your fight back. You've been too soft in the spirit. The enemy has been slapping you all around. You got to get your fight back, man. You got to get it back. You got to understand. I would like, God, man, I know it's been, it's been spoken over me that, that wealth is my portion. God, I know it's been spoken over me. You know, that, that executive CEO, all of these type of things, it's been spoken over me. And see, for some of us, we'll try. We will try but we won't keep trying. See, some of you, you'll try, but because it's too hard, you'll give up and you'll stop trying. And you'll say, oh, this just ain't for me. This just ain't for me. But I understand now. The Bible says you have to be aware of the enemy's devices. One of the enemy's devices is for you to try and fail. Why do you think it's so hard to get back up after you fall? Why you think it's so hard to start over after you fail? That's one of his devices. One of his devices is to send an obstacle or a barrier after God has promised you the land. Oh, God said you're going to be a homeowner. Why you think that eviction notice coming? Oh, God said you're going to be a homeowner. Why you think all hell breaking loose? It's so hard for you to make rent and all of those things. 
wake up, wake up, wake up. Wake up. Somebody need to type wake up in the comments. I'm serious, guys. I feel the, I'm telling y'all, I wasn't, I wasn't going to get on here tonight. I had even typed up um, Bible study is going to be canceled. I really typed that up and I was about to post it, but I heard God say no. And I heard him say, go, this word is for you. I'm telling you, listen to what God is saying. Not what Lakeisha is saying, but what God is saying. When God gives a promise to his people or when he gives you a vision, there will be obstacles and barriers that you will have to overcome in order to enter into that promise. I'm going to prove it to you by the word of God. The story of the children of Israel is at the verge of them entering into the promised land. Right? This is this is an example of the kind of struggles that the people of God have to engage in. This is the this is the type of manner of obstacles and barriers that you have to contend with to possess what God has already given you. See, God had already given them the promised land. See, you keep praying for the promised land. God has already given you the promised land. You need to be praying and saying, God, teach me how to fight again. You've been praying and praying and praying for the promise. God has already given it to you. You need to be asking God to show me how to take it by force. Show me how to take it by force. Psalms 144 and 1 said, blessed is the Lord Jehovah who teaches my hands for war and my fingers to battle. Let me tell y'all something. What are you praying? I wrote my vision November 20th of 2021. It's still on my wall. See, some people do a vision board every year. And that's great. But I wrote my vision and I made it plain November 20th in 2021. And I prayed over it. I wrote it as I heard from God. I, I, it's still on my wall. And uh, I wrote a vision for my health, for my wealth, for my children, for my future marriage, for my future businesses. I just wrote it. I wrote it in 2021 and I, I, I didn't take it down. I didn't turn away from it, but there were times when I gave up on it. But I thank God that he's teaching me how to fight because I see it. I see the marriage. I see the wealth. I see my children changing, but he had to do something in me first. He had to do something in me first. He had to teach me. He had to teach my hands for war and my fingers for battle. He had to teach me how to take it by force. He's doing something in you. He's building your character. He's showing you how to pray. He's showing you how to rely on the word of God. 
He's showing you how to not accept everything that the enemy gives you. Man, he's showing you how to not to settle. All right, all right, all right. We got something, I know, we got something to do. Right, let me get, let me get to it. So several generations before Joshua, the Lord had made a covenant with Abraham. Genesis 15 and 18 talks about it. It says, in the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying, until thy seed, I have given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river of Euphrates, all of that land. The time had come to enjoy the promise that God had made to Abraham, their ancestors, that is the time to enter the promised land. But there was a big problem. There was a big problem. Jericho was the city through which the Israelites would have to go through to get to the promised land. According to Joshua 6 and 1, the gates of the city were kept shut and guarded to keep the Israelites out. (laughs) My God, God had already created the promised land. But Jericho was the city that they had to go through in order to get to the promised land. No one could enter or leave the city. The gate of the city was not an ordinary gate. Joshua 6 and 2 says, the Lord said unto Joshua, see, I have given into thy the hand of Jericho, the mighty men of Valor. See, God was speaking here about the job that he had already finished. He was physically speaking that there was still a wall that had to come down. Jericho was a fortified city. It was fenced all around with bricks. The thickness of the wall was so fenced in that horsemen, it was just so much. It was so great. It appeared to be so great. God spoke to Joshua. Y'all follow me. Y'all stick with me. God spoke to Joshua. He said, see, God did not say, Joshua, I will take you to the wall of Jericho. And then before your very eyes, I will pull down the walls. And that way you can go through the wall and possess the land. God, God could have took that wall down himself. He could have took the wall down himself. But he said, Joshua, my God. He said, Joshua, he, he opened Joshua's eyes and he gave him some spiritual insight. God made Joshua realize that the matter of Jericho had been settled in the spirit realm. Joshua knew that if God brought him to the wall, then it must be a strategy to take the wall down. Man, somebody better catch that right there. If God brought him to Joshua knew that if God brought him to the wall, then God must have have had a strategy. What wall did God bring you to? what wall is in front of you right now? Is it a wall of finances? Is it a wall of trying to be the first millionaire in your family? Is it the wall of trying to be the first business owner? Is it the wall of trying to show that it's possible to have a healthy marriage and a healthy relationship? If God brought you to that wall, first of all, if God gave you the promise, if God gave you the promise, then that means that there is a strategy 
there is a strategy. So we're almost done. We're almost done. Joshua knew what the mouth of the Lord had spoken in the vision that he had seen. Joshua knew the promise. God gave him the promise. Joshua knew that. Joshua trust God. See, it takes, first of all, you got to trust God. A lot of you doing these vision board parties. You're doing these visions. You're writing all these visions, but you really don't know God. You really don't trust God. You ain't got no spiritual stamina in you, but you want to try to manifest something. Baby, you can't manifest nothing without God. Come on, stop playing with God. He believed in his God. I, I, I don't care how many affirmations that you say. If you ain't built your spirit man up, all that manifestation stuff, no ma'am. I'm sorry, but no. However, if he had not taken a step of faith by walking as the Lord told him to do, the physical wall of Jericho would have never come down. So here are two things that it's going to take for you to tear them walls down. Some of you guys are dealing with some walls right now. Two things that it's going to take for you to tear them walls down. Number one is faith. Joshua took the first most important step to pulling down the wall is faith. He was having faith in that which the Lord had spoken. God told him that there was a promised land for him to possess, but God also told him that there was a wall. So Joshua knew that if there was a wall, but God already, let me say this in better terms, because I feel like y'all going to sleep on me. He said, Joshua, God, if I, if I don't let me miss this up. He said, Joshua, I got a promised land for you. But it's a it's a city. It's a fortified city. It's a wall. But the land is yours. But it's a wall right there. I want you to know that. So God spoke to Joshua as he has spoken to many of us in different circumstances about his goodness, about his love, about his miracles, about his mercies, about his victories. He has given us these blessings over the enemies in our lives. He has spoken through his words. He has spoken to you through dreams, visions, as well as other prophets, pastors, or ministers. A lot of us have also experienced the presence of God during praise and worship, prayer time, seasons of quiet time. But in spite of all of these experiences, despite of the fact that God has spoken to you concerning specific situations some of you have even dreamed about your promise some of God have even shown many of you in your dreams about your promise God has even shown many of you recently in dreams what he's promising you but sometimes you still find it hard you still find yourself bound by painful tasks you still find yourself in bondage what should be made clear is that bondage is not from God right it's not so the most important step that you need to take to pull down the wall that's standing between you and your blessing that's standing between your success that's standing between your prosperity that's standing between your marriage that's standing between your children that's standing between your business the wall whatever your wall is only you know what your wall is step number one is for you to have faith in God and for you to believe that God does not lie. If he promised it to you, that means that it's already yours. That means that you're already called to be the first millionaire in your family. If God showed you that, 
If he exposed you to it, then the promise is already yours. You don't desire to be a wife for no reason. God showed you that. He he gave you that desire for a reason. You don't desire to, to be whatever, to get that degree for no reason. God gave you that desire for a reason. Whatever that desire is, that is your promise. He gives us the desires of our heart as they are in alignment with his will and with his way. So whatever that promise is, God, God has already given it to you, but you're going to have to pull that wall down. And in order for you to pull that wall down, you're going to have to believe in God. A doubter is a sinner and a sinner cannot receive the promise that is meant for the righteous. A doubter is a sinner and a sinner cannot receive a promise that is meant for the righteous. Why does the word say seek first the kingdom and his righteousness? And all these things will be added unto us. This is why vision board parties they don't work. This is why that manifestation era stuff don't work. They trying to seek a kingdom principle without seeking his righteousness you want to sage up everything but you want the promised land Ooh, child let's let's move on all right number two action 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 remember that at the time god spoke to joshua jericho had been given to him spiritually so in the physical however he was still outside of the walls of the city Hebrews 11 and 30 says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. (laughs) Hey, I'm telling y'all right now, y'all better catch this thing. Hebrews 11 and 30 says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith, it said by faith, the walls came down. So first of all, you got to have faith that that wall is coming down. You got to have faith that the promised land is already yours by faith. It is only when we underrate God and we doubt his ability to lift us up that we end up taking a longer path to reach our destiny. When you doubt God, you will end up taking a longer path to reach your destiny. It said that those walls came down in seven days by faith. My God, it says that when you underestimate God and when you doubt his ability to do what he says he's going to do, you end up taking a longer path to reach your destiny. My God, if you have prayed to God concerning a certain need and you maintain a right relationship with him, then you need not to be afraid. God will minister to you in that situation. All you need to do is to believe him in his promises and that he then move on to possess your position. Move on to possess your possessions. Move on to possess your possessions. So some of you guys have already passed the test of faith. Well done. Some of you guys have already passed the test of faith. Your your faith has been tested and some of you guys are still rocking with God. If you know you're still rocking with God after your faith have been tested, guys, you have already passed the test. So well done. Well done. But come on, it's step two. 
You got to go possess your possessions. That means you got to take action. That means you got to go possess the land. That means that you got to go and take it by force. So you got to expect the walls of resistance to be there. No longer will we stop when we feel resistance. Yes, Star, you're going to feel resistance. Yes, Anne-Marie, you're going to feel resistance. Yes, Chansey, Chansey, you're going to feel resistance. Yes, Jasmine, you are going to feel resistance. Yes, Katie, you are going to feel resistance. Yes, Linda, you are going to feel resistance. Janita, come on, you're going to feel resistance. Nika, you're going to feel resistance. Rhonda, you are going to feel resistance. Lakeisha, you are going to feel resistance. Sheree, come on, you're going to feel resistance. Tara, you're going to feel resistance. Tawana, you're going to feel resistance. Facebook, the podcast, who is listening in? Tayana, you're going to feel resistance. But also remember that Joshua did not complain about the difficulties to be encountered in pulling down the walls of Jericho. He didn't say, man, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, God? He didn't say, man, God, how you going to tell me the promised land right there? But you got this big old fortified city in front of me. He didn't complain. He rejoiced at the Lord's bidding and how the Lord gave him the commands, how the Lord was able to trust him with those walls. Some of you need to be rejoicing that God even trusts you enough to go out and take the city. Man, after you take this city, huh? you need to be rejoicing that God trusts you enough huh, to take the wall down. You need to be <laughs> rejoicing. Some people can't even pull down the wall in their house. But God is trusting you to take down a fortified city like being the first millionaire in your family. God is trusting you to pull down the wall of poverty. God is trusting you to pull down the wall of finances. God is trusting you to pull down the wall of mental health. God is trusting you to be the first actress in your family. God is trusting you huh, to be the first business owner in your family with a successful business. God is trusting you to be the first in your family that it, that graces the cover of Forbes magazine. He's trusting you to pull down a wall. What wall is God trusting you with? God is trusting you to pull down the wall of broken relationships in your family where you're going to have a successful marriage to where it's going to birth many other successful marriages and even marriage ministries. God is trusting you to pull down a wall. What wall is God trusting you to pull down. You got to begin to command the ministering angels of God to enter the battle with you. You can't go at it alone. See, Joshua had a team. He had an army. Let me tell y'all something. We can't do this thing alone. You better get you a prayer partner. You better get you an accountability partner. I ain't talking about somebody who can't believe with you. I ain't talking about somebody who don't believe in your vision. My God. 
You have to command the ministering angels of God to enter the battle with you against the kingdom of Satan. Surely the walls that obstruct your joy will fall down flat. If you keep hiding from that wall, ministering angels, angels to assist you in this battle against Satan. If you keep hiding from this wall, it's going to lead to shame and death. To surrender is to go into captivity and bondage, which will lead to you aborting the mission. Do not abort the mission. Hear this. If you abort the mission, it can lead to an untimely death of your destiny. I'm not trying to fear no put fear in nobody. Do not abort the mission. Don't abort the mission. God has all please settle this today in your mind. Settle this today in your mind. You already got the promise. It's already there. Stop asking God to give you the promise. It's already there. You are praying the wrong prayer. The prayer needs to be, Lord, help me not to abort the mission. God, show me how to pull this wall down. God, show, send me the right team that can help me pull this wall down. God, I know that you called me into the area of finances. I know that you have called me to be wealthy. God, what is this wall that is standing before me? God, I know that you called me to sit in governments and sit with kings and priests. God, I know that you called me to go into the White House. God, I know that you called me into the educational realm so that I can make sure that teachers, they get paid more than what they are getting paid for. God, I know that you called me to be this nurse. God, I know that you called me whatever area that God is calling you into. God, I know that you called me into the criminal justice system so that I can tear all of these systems down. But God, I feel some type of resistance. God, it's a wall standing in front of me. God, so show me how to take this wall down. God, send me the right team. Send me the right leaders. God, send me to the right church. Send me the right friends. Send me the right prayer partners. Don't send me people that's going to destroy distract me. Don't send me people that's going to cause me to get off track. Don't send me people who are going to detour me. God, don't send me people who are going to waste my time. Don't send me people who are jealous of what I'm trying to do. Don't send me people that are envious of me, God. Send me those people who have my heart, those who are willing to obey and listen to the voice of God, those who are willing to be obedient with me. God is a God who makes a way where there seems to be no way. He is the same God who calls things that are not as though they are. He is able to give us more than we can ask or imagine. So even if your walls say that you cannot take this wall down, that you cannot come through here, I want you to understand that God will give you a strategy. He will provide an alternative. He will provide the supernatural powers. He will give you effective arrangements to enable you to finish the race. Arise. There are walls 
that you have to pull down. Arise. There are walls that you have to contend with. And don't look back. Don't move your feet away from the battle line. Do not move your feet away from the battle line. Because you are on the Lord's team. You are on the Lord's side. Obstacles will melt away as you move in faith and action. And when they do, you will enter into the joy of the Lord. You will enter into the promised land that the Lord has given you. Amen. So wait, wait, wait. So for those of you who got your pen and paper, this is what we're going to do right here. We're almost done. We're almost done. All right. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a look at our lives right now. And we're going to write down every area where we know we are settling. I'm going to do this too. Got my paper and I got my pen. This is a prophetic act. Um, We're going to write down everything that you know that you're settling in. You don't got to show nobody this paper. This is between you and God right now. You're going to write down everything that you know that you are settling in. We're going to put today's date. 620-23. Write down every area that you know that you are settling in. And we are about to come out of agreement with it right now. And we are about to pull these walls down. So you're going to put the date on the paper and you're going to go ahead and write walls that need to come down. Walls that need to come down. And I know this may not make sense to y'all, but God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. All right. So these are walls that need to come down. So you're going to take this moment right now. I'm going to give y'all about what I'm going to go ahead and give you guys maybe about two minutes. I want you guys to literally write down every area in your life where you know that you are settling in every area where you know those walls need to come down. And I'm going to, we're going to write these down. No, you don't have to tell us. I'm not going to have you guys to tell us. You don't have to do this. This is. Ooh, honestly, y'all, I could have just stayed right there. All right, guys. So I feel the fire of God so strong. Did y'all, did you write down your things? Yes. I, come on, y'all. I got 20 things. I got 20 things already. I got 20 walls that need to come down. Guys, I feel the fire of God. I know I'm telling y'all, God had me to get on here for a reason. And all right, so this is what I hear. This is not a challenge. This is God. All right. So I hear 90 days. Um, 90 days from today is September 18th of 2023. This is not manifestation. This ain't that. This is not that. We are believing the word of God. We're believing his instructions. So I'm going to tell you guys, I'm praying that you guys will will join me. We need agreement. There is power in agreement. September 18th of 2023. If you are willing to join us with praying over your walls that need to come down for the next 90 days, type, I stand in agreement in the comments. We're about to get some powerful testimonies. I already know. This is this has nothing to do with Lakeisha. This is not me on tonight, y'all. I'm telling y'all, this is not me. It's not. 
if you stand in agreement, we got 180 something comments over here on Facebook. Let me see. Y'all, if y'all stand in agreement on Facebook, this is not a challenge. This is not manifestation. This ain't that. This is a prophetic act. We are trusting God. If you stand in agreement with this, you're going to pray over your walls to come down for the next 90 days. All right. I got 20 walls on my paper that need to come down. So here's a few things that you want to write down because you want to be equipped. So we already know the two things that we need are faith and action. We already know that. You already know that those are the two things that you're going to need during this 90 days. Yes, Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie said that she's going to fast. Whatever God is leading you to do. Um, read Joshua, y'all. Read Joshua. Especially Joshua 6. Write that down. Read Joshua. Get Joshua in your spirit for the next 90 days. Study who Joshua is. I have a study Bible and and what I like about the study Bible is it it helps me to understand Joshua, just Joshua six, that entire, that entire, I I recommend that you read the entire book of Joshua so that you can get the context. I really do. So you can know who Joshua is, his character, all of those different types of things. But Joshua six is really talking about how Joshua took the wall, right? So read Joshua especially Joshua 6, study Joshua's life. We some females, but listen, let's go. Let's go. Like we got to take it by force. These walls got to come down. It's the army of us on here right now. Listen, there's power in agreement. We don't need to know each other's walls. We're going to say that for the testimonies that's about to come. I already know walls of poverty is coming down. Walls of depression is coming down. Walls of lust is coming down. Walls of generational curses are coming down. Walls of anxiety are coming down. Walls of unbelief are coming down. Walls of always giving up is coming down. That wall of almost is is coming down. Walls of envy is coming down. Walls of giving up so easy after trying is coming down. You guys, some of you guys who are about to do this 90-day prayer, you are about to see how your spirit man is about to get ready and get so built up. I'm telling you guys. And what this is going to do, what this is going to do, once you enter the promised land, you will not be bought. You won't be bought. You won't sell your soul. Once you get the marriage, you ain't going to forget about God. Once you get what God is promising you, you ain't going to forget about him because you already know it was him. It was him that caused those walls to come down. I know when I woke up this morning, I had an and it came to pass in my spirit. And I also been having the by faith, Hebrews, by faith, by faith. By faith, Lakeisha was able to. By faith, Jasmine was able to. And it came to pass, Star was able to. And it came to pass, Katie did. And it came to pass, Linda did. And so you guys got to get, come on, get ready. You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to build up your spirit, man. So during this times, you cannot, um, it's going to take some sacrifice. I'm just going to say that. 
during this time, you don't want to allow yourself to be tainted. For those of you who are really serious about this thing and you really know that there are some walls that are in front of you that got to come down, you're going to have to give something up during this 90 days. And that's between you and God. But you're going to have to give something up. You're going to have to make an exchange. Hey guys. Hey, hey, hey. I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode. This was from our prayers and Bible study session that we have in the Praying Single Mom group. Um, If you want to stay connected with us during this uh, 90 days, go ahead and uh, request to join the group on Facebook, the Praying Single Mom group. Um, It's free. Come over and join us so that you can make sure that you're connected during this 90 days. I do believe it's going to be amazing. And I do believe that there are so many different walls that have to come down. But if you enjoyed this episode, if you know that this was for you, uh, rate and review the podcast episode. Let me know in your stories that this podcast episode, you know, how it touched you, how it impacted you, if God spoke to you in any type of way. All right, guys, be blessed. And we look forward to partnering with you guys soon.